हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशन विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब फॉलोइंग इज अ कॉन्वर्सेशन विद अमृता परांसपे She is the founder and artistic director of Abhivyakti School of Kathak and is a Kathak performer, choreographer and teacher. She has always been a performer mesmerizing the audience with her command over intricate lay tal and captivating abhinay. She is a senior disciple of Guru Shambhavi Dandekar and is currently undergoing advanced training in lay tal from Guru Tal Yogi Pandit Suresh Talwalkar ji. She has completed her master's degree in Kathak from Lalit Kala Kendra Pune University and has achieved Nritya Alankar degree from Akhil Bharatiya Gandharva Mahavidyalaya Mandal. Amrita is an ICCR impaneled artist and is also impaneled as a guru in the Center for Performing Arts Pune University and Bharati Vidyapeeth deemed university. Is my video okay? Yeah. Yeah, video is great. So yeah, Namaskar, Amrita. Thanks for coming on. And I guess before we get started, want to acknowledge Ambavita. I kind of she kind of reached out and recommended that I bring you on. And I guess to start off with Amrita, it's Saturday there. Wanted to know what has been like, say, the highlight of your week. Uh, first of all, hello, uh, hello there, and I would like to really thank Ambavita, my guru, uh, for introducing me to you. And it's a pleasure to you know have a have this talk with you yeah and so amrita i guess just to start off with what does riyaz mean to you yes so riyaz is a term which is very very important and uh, uh, the way you do riyaz uh, how you have been guided about riyaz is very very important when you are an artist uh, especially a performing artist um and i have been fortunate enough to uh, have learned the techniques of riyas from my both gurus shambhavi tai and uh, guruji taliyogi pandit suresh talwalkar ji mm-hmm. um so basically what is riyas riyas as we know it's it's just doing something again and again to perfect your technique to perfect perfect the aesthetics of whatever composition you are doing and uh, riyas should go beyond that also it's not only physical riyas but it should be also uh, going on in your mind the mental riyas is also very very important it is very important that you stay in that composition or whatever you are learning for a longer period of time you know because uh, it is very very important to not break the link you know the mental link uh, whenever you are uh, into a, a say kathak for example uh, i would really like to talk about uh, specific uh, specifics of riyas and i would like to talk focus more on how to build the stamina uh, and uh, also um, yeah i think let's start with stamina first so uh, as you know in kathak we have lots of footwork and lots of uh, vigorous fast movements flowy movements you know uh, and uh, i feel that you really first need to understand 
where and how the movement starts so as we were previously discussing about you know muscle group training so it is very very important that you understand which muscles are engaged when you do a certain movement so whenever you're learning from your guru your guru will definitely tell you how to start the movement where it initiates how to end it you know how the energy travels through your body is very very important that you understand all these things now when you learn that and then when you start doing your own study your self study is what is very very important two types of riyas is uh, very very important one which you actually do in front of your guru in presence of your guru and the other part of riyas is your own riyas okay uh, which you alone have to do not in a group it is very very important that you do it uh, yourself in a very uh, ideal space and with ideal mindset so uh, firstly uh, it shouldn't be forced on you you should feel motivated self motivation is very very important you should feel like doing it you should have that passion for riyas which is very important then only you are going to benefit out of it secondly your mental state has to be uh, very very uh, focused you know um, tai used to say that you know empty your mind it is very very important to empty your mind um, and uh, be focused on whatever you are going to work on okay no other thoughts coming in the mind so uh, a healthy mental state is very very important so you be benefit of out of uh, the practice or riyas you are doing so i have been fortunate uh, to uh, uh, have got the opportunity to practice a lot do riyas a lot in front of tai with tai with shambhavi tai and also in presence of my guruji uh, so uh, i would say that when you are practicing with your guru it is important that you get that urja or the energy from them you know that is what motivates you it is very very important that they the positivity the with the 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 way they are positive you know and they give that energy to you it is very very important to first pick up that and also uh, you have to be very very alert and aware of how uh, your guru is uh, thinking about that certain composition how we are going about it step by step you know you have to uh, really absorb everything so be alert when you are doing riyas in front of your guru what what your guru is trying to suggest in which direction your guru ji is taking you that you must be able to see you know because i am fortunate to have both the gurus who are visionary who have that vision who give that drushti you know <clears throat> to their students so it is very important that you have to uh look beyond technique and shastra which they are trying to give you it's not only uh how to do it but the ma uh, the manner and going beyond it looking at into the aesthetics diving into the aesthetics of a particular piece or composition then secondly when you do riyas with your guruji and then you come home you should also uh give time to yourself uh to just you know mentally think about it first you know chintan we call it chintan and manan that is grinding like the the thought should keep on going in your mind you should keep thinking about it and then you should do it on your own okay now uh, my both gurus used to say that fix a time particular time for your riyas 
so it shouldn't be like okay today i'll do i have time in the evening so i'll do the riyas in the evening tomorrow maybe i'll do it in the morning or maybe day huh. after i don't have time i'll not i'll skip my riyas okay. that that doesn't work uh, frankly because i have been doing riyas for so many years and uh, i for me mornings are the best you know mornings are like i'm really active and uh, my mind is also charged uh, oh, and so just so, just so everyone knows when you say morning how morning is your morning Yeah, usually I get up early around uh, say six, five thirty-six. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and I like to do a little bit of workout first, mm-hmm. little bit of fitness training, um, and then I tie my gumrus and start my riyas. Yeah, so I that that used to be my schedule even when I was learning with Shambhavita. Uh, my class with Shambhavita used to start at nine in the morning, nine okay. or nine. So before that, before going to her place, I used to get up and do my own riyas at seven or seven thirty. Like before class. Yeah, before class, I used to dance for one good one and one and a half hour, maybe or two hours sometimes, and then go to her place because I really wanted, you know, uh, to be perfect and prepared when I go there. You so know? didn't you get like tired out by the time class started, or how does that work? Like. No, oh, somehow I don't know if you have that passion. No, uh, you get that energy. Firstly, you get that energy from your guru. Secondly, it's it's coming from within you because you're liking what you're doing it, what or whatever you're doing, you're liking it. So that energy comes so from somewhere, you know. And I used to dance for one and a half hour, then go and tie with tie. I used to practice again for three hours. Or two hours, you know, from nine to eleven or nine to twelve. Then okay. I used to have my college, and after college, again in the evening. Sometimes we had our concert practices at four, so from four to six again practice, and six to eight again riyas in the classes hmm. in Thai. So uh, I used to end up practicing say six hours every day at least. Mm-hmm. and uh, there are times when i have been doing riyas for 8 hours also when i was learning from guruji 8 hours uh, and whenever he used to teach you know uh, in workshops he used to take riyas for 12 hours in a mm. day so that is the period um, i think the golden period for me when okay. uh, i was doing this kind of riyas so Understood. it is very very important to uh, do that that's uh, i used to feel that i i shouldn't make or repeat the mistakes you know the mm. next day whatever i have learned from tai i used to perfect it the same day you know it's mm. very very important and then uh, then go prepared and tai used to always say that make new mistakes don't repeat okay. mistakes otherwise you'll be stagnant there right. you know you have to make new mistakes so that is how i followed i used to love doing riyas and I, for me it is also meditative because um, uh that is a space where you forget everything you forget yourself also and just keep doing one hour tan says only if you're doing tathe dhetan okay and you're only focusing on the clarity of the sound okay and the clarity of the footwork you know like basic basic things like the right the sound of the right and the left should be equal same you know and the tone should be very nadamay you know it shouldn't be loud and it shouldn't be uh, uh, it should it should sound musical you know the mm. footwork has to have that musicality uh, the the tone of the foot footwork so i used to do like 108 avartans of tathe dhetat only you know okay. which is like 
chanting or which is like meditation you know where you don't have a single other thought coming in your mind so it's it's very nice to surrender yourself to riyas and to your guru especially uh yeah so that was my routine back then and now i have reduced the time uh, i'm doing riyas i do more of smart riyas smart riyas in the sense i'll do it for only 2 hours not 6 okay. hours because after a certain age your physique you know starts hmm. uh, it, it, the energy is not uh, that right. energy was in 20s you know mm. so naturally now i focus on few things and practice only for 2 hours but okay. i will also focus more on physical fitness you know mm. and diet and cooling down you know okay that is yeah. very very important yeah. yeah so basically um we were talking about uh, riyas and increasing the stamina mm-hmm. uh, i think i just i was going to say something and i so amruta i had a question you said that you need to have a passion for riyas you need to do it for a long time you need to do it daily you need to have it in this when you say this that you need to do it like different people do kathak for different things i'm very curious when you say that you need to do it who are you essentially speaking to in the sense who needs to do it is it like every single person who takes up kathak or people who like want to do it professionally who is that directed towards very curious about that yeah good question so basically whoever is learning kathak as hobby mm-hmm. and uh, they are learning say they are just giving their first three four exams you know mm-hmm. then uh, that is the stage i'm not talking about like they are just coming twice a week in the class and enjoying the time and uh, going back maybe doing different careers mm-hmm. but uh, for me i feel uh, that once you are in the fourth year especially like madhyama purna level there it is very very essential that you start increasing the time slowly slowly okay because uh, the level the complexity also slowly starts increasing and only twice a week is not enough so i make sure that my madhyama purna the fourth year students start coming thrice a week or four times a week and once you are in visharad level visharad is like bachelor's degree in mm-hmm. kathak so visharad is a level where you uh, have kind of uh, uh, decide whether to do kathak you know as a career or maybe uh, uh, say a parallel career whatever it is so if you have decided at visharad level then that is the time when you need to start doing riyas daily Uh, that is compulsory and first thing uh, whenever my student says that i i want to take kathak as a career i want mm-hmm. to do it as a career yeah. i first tell her see you have to come daily for years you mm-hmm. have to uh, see whether you can stay 24/7 in kathak first yeah that for one year at least and then tell me whether you really want to do it i see you know? it is very very important otherwise you cannot because still they are doing it as a hobby it's it's like switch on off for them you know they'll mm. come to a class and do it and switch it off and then go to some other field you know right so it is very very important to stay in that field 24/7 and see whether you are really enjoying it and are you doing because you are you are being forced to do riyas or are, it's it's very important that you shouldn't do riyas only because uh, my guru will scold you know uh, it is very very important yeah i i used to tell my girls don't mm-hmm. do riyas because i am asking you to do you should feel inside that i want to do this hmm. that is very important so that is the stage i ask the girls to start coming daily 
start okay. doing reels daily and uh, in a period of time if they are motivated enough in two years to decide whether they can do it full time or not so uh, yeah so that is very important that they start doing reels at visharat level at least from madhyama purna level i think till then it is fine they can enjoy it as uh, just a hobby so i had a question about that regarding students samrata so like here i've noticed in the us like uh, a lot of people like once they do their solo performance so there's a lot of attrition in the sense of dropping out of kathak once you do your solo performance and in general your solo performance uh, kind of is coinciding with your high school graduation and they go into college so a lot of so what happens is you kind of do it very intensely in high school and then you drop it and you go to college a lot of people don't come back so there's in in general there's a trend of attrition in terms of students dropping out after say their first solo performance in graduation but i wanted to know like in your experience uh, when have you seen the most students drop out or what are the trends that you are seeing when when do people tend to what are the like the, those stages in their lives were very curious about that right right so uh, here in india especially in pune mm-hmm. um, i think when the students come to visharat level there's a uh, especially at madhyama purna level a mm-hmm. uh, uh, lot of students drop out so mm-hmm. it's it's very natural because it's their 12th standard here 10th or 12th they're doing exactly the yeah and uh, if they opt for science you know or some difficult field or maybe say engineering which have which demands lot of uh, commitment then it is very very uh, like it's impossible for them to come so yep. there is a drop out i think even here uh, people drop out uh, around 12 uh, yeah, yeah same but uh, i also feel that if you are able to uh, uh, teach them properly motivate them you know then uh, i think they stay and hmm. they want to do more so Understood. there are students in my class who deliberately have chosen a college or uh, the side arts or commerce where they can give more time for dancing okay. so a certain certain colleges are in only afternoons you know okay. so they do like uh, no thai we want to come every day morning for yeah so we we'll hmm. choose this college it's okay if it's like it's not like the college we want actually mm-hmm. so there are certain students uh, in my class who are doing it who have done it already so uh, you are able to motivate them uh, i think they stay and so, they want to learn more so i, I can say that in my class at madhyama yeah. visharat level uh, when the batch usually reduces to say 3 or 4 yeah. girls or 6 girls i have uh, 17 students mm. in visharat batch still because okay. uh, yeah because i feel i am i think i can motivate them and uh, they are they have started really enjoying the essence of kathak now hmm. so if you can do that then uh, they stay even they do like there are so many girls who are doing uh, double careers you know um, some other field and this they are learning a language and plus yeah. doing kathak but they balance it out and i just tell them that these are the timings of the riyas and the class if you can come to all of these you know classes then i have no issue you can do uh, any other thing also yeah. and they make it a point that they'll choose the classes they'll choose the colleges in such a manner that they I can daily <laughs> so amrita i guess i'm very curious do you, uh, uh, do you as a teacher like the way you do things do you get uh, do you get involved in the level of like talking to their parents and figuring out their streams or colleges as well or do you just talk to the students and let them handle parents how do you do it for yourself uh no i think uh, my parents are also equally connected with me 
uh, after a certain stage, like say, as I said, Madhyama Purna, my parents, all uh, all the students and their parents are equally connected with me. So whenever it comes to taking up a decision or even like small, small decisions, like uh, that my uh, girl, you know, the parents come and tell me that she's not eating properly. She's not sleeping mm. on time. You know, you tell Thai. Then, then she they, tell, she listen to you. <laughs> Yeah, so they're very well connected and I uh, do talk with them uh, whenever a girl decides that I want to do it full time. Then I have to have a meeting with them, tell them, you know, what is the scope in this field and how, uh, whether she actually can become a performer or is mm. can become a teacher or researcher or whatever, you know. Yeah. So I just like to be transparent that few girls are uh, naturally talented, mm. but girls uh, they have to take extra efforts to become a performer you know so i don't uh, give them false hopes i always tell them that baba you have this in you and you can be a performer or you don't have this naturally in you but i can make a performer out of you you, hmm. you just have to uh, dedicate your time and effort and i can promise that you can become a very good performer a very good teacher or a certain student has inclination in research then i'll encourage her into that that go do your phd in kathak if you Got wish you. to okay so that is how uh, we are connected and everything is like transparent <laughs> understood uh, and another one thing i want to check out yeah, yeah please ha huh? I guess one thing I would know, since you've had success in uh, retaining students and kind of helping them get to full-time careers, uh, say you've been taught a certain way and every teacher teaches some of the things same as their teacher, as how they've been taught and some of this differently. So I, I was very curious about what are the things you feel you do differently than how you were taught? Mm, uh, I think more or less um, I do the, I teach in the same manner because I have, I had been assisting Thai, Shambhavi Thai for uh, a long period, say 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I have seen her uh, teaching students at different levels and yeah. how to understand uh, that level and give them, you know, accordingly, teach right. them accordingly. So uh, Shambhavi Thai, as you know, is a is an is an excellent teacher uh, and she taught us to break down everything and how to explain each and every part so mm -hmm. i follow the same thing uh, uh, i don't think i have uh, introduced different i think in case of uh, rhythm uh, when when i teach laetal i mm -hmm. think i have uh, learned few things from guruji as well so i take up those things and pass try to pass it on uh, to my students one big responsibility as a teacher which i feel is whatever environment i got from yeah. my guru uh -huh. you know i need to create the same environment for my students hmm. very very important the urja the energy the motivation whatever i got in yeah. the way i got it you know it is the same way i try to do in my class I, to create hmm. that positive environment that is very very important understood yeah i would actually go more uh, into i would like to discuss about uh, yeah uh, building and how to work in life maybe we can talk uh, these points right yeah, now yeah absolutely yeah um so i was talking about riyas earlier mm -hmm. um so uh, the like say suppose you take uh, learn a certain toda okay? yeah 
now we learn that toda first thing is you as i told you need to understand the movements correctly how your uh, each and every muscle is moving and everything so break it down and uh, uh, you know first thing is do the toda only with footwork then do only with anga you know and uh, then do it in very very slow tempo first to understand how it goes in the lay then break it down in the lay as well okay suppose if you are doing um, uh, say kirtakta kadigata tungadigata kadigata digana okay okay suppose this is a phrase which you are doing in lay so how to get it in lay guruji always used to say that um, uh, your lay you know lay can be taught you know lay can be perfected even if it is not there naturally inside you so how to go about yeah. it so break it down say kirtak tak digata thunga and see on which letter the beat is actually falling you know so you have to uh, go kirtak tak dig so dig a beat is coming on dig stop there listen to the tabla machine whether you have got that beat kirtak tak dig then go to the next kirtak tak dig ta thunga you know now ga is coming on beat you know so in this manner if you go and try to listen to the lehra or uh, the tabla machine and perfect your beat perfect your doing footwork according to it that will help first to for you to understand how the composition is going in lay and once you perfect that then uh, then you have to repeatedly keep doing it okay until you don't go wrong until you get it start getting it right mm-hmm. once you start getting it right then you start counting how many times you are going to do it okay after that do it for 108 times you know okay. to even perfect it then guruji used to say do it like a thousand times you know okay. to uh, so that the composition starts entering in your subconscious hmm. mind so it should stabilize the lie should stabilize in your subconscious you know and then again you do it thousand times and you will never never forget it you know again you do it thousand times and it will stay with you forever you okay. know and then again you keep doing it you'll start it it will start shining and it you'll start understanding the aesthetic of that composition so this is how the riya should go so even in my class i make the students do like yesterday only i was doing riyas with my students mm-hmm. and we only one toda okay. and we did toda for at least 50 times in hmm. class because we had only one and a half hour we could do only 50 times but i have hmm. done this before with my students that we we have done a toda for 108 times but it is very important that you have to be alert and aware whether you're doing it right otherwise wo gadha mehnat ho jayegi you know we don't want mindless effort yeah. we want a uh, effort which is going in the right direction yeah. if you're doing movement wrong and you're doing it for 108 times then that movement will get etched you know the wrong movement will get etched in your muscle yep. memory so we don't want that so that is very very important understood Secondly, it also increases stamina so stamina i think there are two types of stamina uh, first is a generic stamina general stamina and secondly is a composition specific stamina mm. which i feel we need to work on both okay uh, so tai used to say suppose you are used to running 5 kilometers daily okay and suddenly i ask you to swim you know say 500 meters or whatever 
then that stamina is not going to be useful for this because the group of muscles used in any activity is completely different you need to train those certain muscles which are used in swimming right mm-hmm. so similarly if you practice a certain tatkar say a kaida or rela yeah in dance and you have been practicing rela uh, but suddenly you switch and do a ladi a different kind of tatkar then this stamina is not going to be useful for that one because there the uh, different kinds of feet you are using in a different manner the group of muscles you are using is again different so whichever uh, uh, composition you are doing you have to increase the stamina for that particular composition hmm. okay so that is the reason uh, tai and guruji used to say do it again do it do the same toda or the paran for at least 108 times that will get uh, and how to increase the stamina you cannot suddenly go and do it for 100 times you know it's not possible so daily increase the dose you know Understood. what you have to do is suppose uh, say i can do 20 avartans at a stretch today mm-hmm. okay and at the 20th avartan i feel that my feet are like completely sore and i cannot go further mm-hmm. that is the point when you need to push yourself Okay. Say if you for two more avartans, okay, that is the stamina you have gained that day. Okay. Okay. So then you pushed yourself to twenty-two avartans. Now the next day again start. You will notice that you you will do twenty-two avartans at ease with ease, and then again your feet start giving up. Uh, then you again push yourself for two or four, five more avartans. Mm-hmm. Then that is the stamina you gain that day. So are you noting you know, these down every day, like that? How many avartans you did, or is just like a mental note you make for yourself? Yeah, mental. Mentally, you actually have to note it down. Okay. Uh, so it it also works if you can write down whatever you did today and whatever you are focusing tomorrow. That also helps. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is the way you increase. uh stamina slowly slowly you know yes, and uh, then there is this general stamina which i'm talking about is once you are practicing say 2 hours daily or 4 hours daily you know mm-hmm. uh, at a stretch in general your stamina of dancing kathak will increase overall stamina okay. so first I, i used to find it hard to dance half an hour solo but slowly slowly with uh, riyas like i was doing 6 hours riyas with guruji and everything so even if i dance a certain different tal suddenly which is yeah. not taught by guruji maybe or which has been taught by tai i don't find it difficult i don't go breathless you know suddenly that i can't dance it because the general stamina body stamina has increased so mm. i can give a solo for 2 and a half hours or 3 hours at a stretch that was my stamina like on the stage and that right. is my stamina i can still dance for 2 hours you know uh, uh, so this is how you have to work on your stamina okay. and lay as i was talking about so break mm. break down everything and do it over and over again and get motivated you know you should feel charged every time you do it you shouldn't feel bored oh how many times i'm doing this you know if that monotony is coming then then something is wrong mentally mm. something is going wrong okay understood <laughs> And so, Amrita, one thing I was very curious about, like when you're talking about like breaking down a composition, it's one thing that if a bowl lands on a bead. One thing I'm very curious about is, do you uh, like do the same principles apply when you're talking about say micro bowl beads? If a, if like bowl is starting from one third or like one fifth or a quarter or like point seven five, say, are, are, do the same principles apply or do anything differently when micro beads come into the picture? 
yeah same principles apply uh, you need to know how it goes on which uh, letter is falling on the beat firstly and uh, secondly i think uh, you need to uh, understand how to do the padhant of it it is very very important how you are saying that dam suppose uh, suppose uh, if it is thai e e thai e e thai okay now uh, how to say thai e e thai e ya thai e ya thai or thai e thai e thai you know thai ya thai ya thai so thai thai e thai is one way i teach my students that see thai e ya is coming on beat so give a stress on that and then remove the gap in between and just mm-hmm. give the second gap thai e thai e thai you know so that is very very important that how you teach uh, them to do the padhan first say the full with mm-hmm. all the gaps so this is what i have learned from both my gurus that say all the gaps okay, okay. don't miss out on a single gap so right. for example um dig dig thai e e thai e ta thai here if you can see i am saying all the gaps i am not saying dig dig thai thai ta thai this Understood. comes later this comes later you should know how much how much time i have to stop at that thing dikha dikha thai 1 2 you have to say 1 2 there mm-hmm. okay so if you work well on your gaps then your lie will be perfect i okay. always tell because the gaps are also a part of that groove no it is only not the letters the syllables the syllables and the gaps together form the groove you know the composition so you yeah. have to give equal importance to the syllables and to the gaps at the same time so if you okay. miss out on gaps then uh, naturally the timing gets disturbed hmm okay that makes sense so that's why you need to break down each and every the I mean, you need to do mm-hmm. padhant of that composition for a for again couple of avartan say 20 times 25 times till you understand how it is going in the tar and then uh, get up and do it only through your footwork then do it only through your anga and then together like complete mm-hmm. okay understood yeah that's super helpful yeah. and i guess coming to the next thing amrita when we talk about innovating and this is something i uh, i've been curious of lately whether i guess uh, for you because uh, there was one thing i'm interested in is that whether innovation is necessary for someone to be successful or it's innovation or only or, or it's like something that drives you to innovate um i guess for you and and one of the things i was very interested in as well like as we were setting up this interview as well it was important to you that we discuss things that hasn't been discussed before so that things are new as well so i guess one one thing i want to understand amrita is like what why is innovation important for you to the desire to create new things where does that come from for you right so um i think in any field to survive and uh, basically to take the tradition forward it is very very important that the new generation contributes to the tradition okay. so uh, uh, i think in kathak as well first you need to learn uh, your basics mm-hmm. uh, foundation has to be very very perfect you know you should know the tradition whatever contribution uh, uh, the previous gurus have given to this tradition that yeah. is very very important that you need to study and uh, um, it is like a river no uh, so it's not like it's not stagnant like a mm, pond understood low and mm. it 
while flowing it will take everything with it you know and only uh, the good things stay in the tradition right yeah so which makes sense or which are relevant you know those things will stay in the tradition and uh, that is why then the tradition is will seem healthy and progressing mm. okay so it is very important uh, for the new generation for us to contribute to this field and be very very careful and aware when you are doing that because mm. uh, you have to uh, be rooted in the tradition you know okay. and then innovate Mm. Okay, whenever you are trying to uh, say expand the vocabulary of Kathak or expand right. this medium in a certain way, go deeper. You mm. actually have to know about the frame of Kathak. Why is right. why called Kathak? You know, you mm. cannot forget about that. So basically, it is very important that your foundation needs to be strong. Once right. your foundation is strong and uh, you are taking inspiration from your gurus. Uh, from your guru's work also you are also seeing what your gurus are exploring you know yeah. what is their contribution that motivates you to actually right. study that and move forward mm-hmm. you know so uh, it is very very natural for an artist to um, uh, start composing things and start uh, choreographing things uh, which come from his or her own thoughts mm. and ideas you know uh, and that is something uh, i feel that i want to do i mm. want to also dance traditional kathak uh, because it is still relevant like when you are dancing a tal uh, like how can people say that it is outdated no it, we are dealing in abstract there we are dealing with rhythm lay tal and uh, you know music there so it will never be outdated it is something which is getting more and more deep, uh, complex and uh, there is so much like uh, uh, all my guruji and everybody always say that you know one lifetime is not enough to understand teen tal you know it's so much there you know the depth so traditionally i really want to uh, stick to traditional uh, kathak performance but also uh, something inside me tells me that you know i need to connect more with the form with this medium mm. and i really want to explore uh, today's contemporary issues mm. with medium and how to do that that is a challenge it is a big yeah. challenge because you uh, there are only few dancers few gurus who have explored this uh, kathak as uh, this kind of a medium uh, mm. uh, one of them is uh, you know aditi mangaldas ji and her guru kumudini lakhia ji who have uh, contributed immensely in that area um, so like aditi ji says that you need to you learn kathak but you need to water it with contemporary sensibilities you know it is very very important that you make it your own and contemporize it like for you yeah it is very important to uh, uh, there should be a meaning given to it yeah according to you so uh, that was that is my inspiration um, and motivation and i really want to produce works i'm still working on the vocabulary of kathak trying to understand this medium in yeah. a way how to um, suppose say we we show navaras mm-hmm. in uh, classical dance styles yeah. navaras we raudra karun everything that comes natural you know you can easily give raudra ras tomorrow if i decide okay i want to do raudra ras it's easy but can we deep, dig deeper into the layers of raudra ras you know and not generic raudra ras you know what is anger for you what is anger for me yeah you know 
or what is uh, the anger for a little child can we call it raudra what mm. is that layer of emotion also can we come up with new problems and emotions which this generation is facing how will you show anxiety mm. how will you show depression you know through kathak through the body movement i also feel that indian classical dance styles are express more with face you know that is natural like we have very very expressive dance styles but like contemporary dance styles they explore a certain emotion through only body movement you know their face will not say anything probably you know right. but with their body movements we can see that oh this person is anxious or whatever so how can we use kathak uh, vocabulary or body right anxiety is something which is very very challenging mm-hmm. because we have always been taught to express with your face mm-hmm. you know yeah so these are few challenges i think we all are facing and i'm trying to work towards it and uh, uh, i have been taking few improvisation sessions with my students i yeah. myself doing improvisations so apart from traditional training we also give some time for this you know where we can explore uh, the body language first free ourselves from inhibitions you know and break that inhibition and go beyond that is very very important so for them i give certain topic where they have to improvise hmm. okay use their body use their body not in a kathak way sometimes we go beyond that and we start moving the body just moving the body in the way you know we want to so uh, and then let's see how we can uh, get this into uh, kathak hmm. how can we use kathak body now mm-hmm. show the same uh, emotion or the same idea yeah so this was uh, uh, this is one thing i really wanted to talk about because uh, uh, now we are not like dancing in courts or we are not dancing in yeah. uh, say like uh, it was 100 years back you know this is today's kathak so you it, you need to dance today's issues it needs to reflect today's society so know? amrutov on that note hadn't uh, had a question on that so can you walk us through an example of innovation now that could be like a new uh, new moving vocabulary or choreography a topic where if you can tell us about uh, it yeah. tell us about like what was the foundation you started with and what you added to it and what was that process like if you can walk us through an example that would be great so i would like to uh, talk about my new choreography cage Mm-hmm. so uh, it is a proverb based choreography okay and um, uh, before that i would like to uh, uh, tell here that uh, uh, guru shama bhate ji uh, uh, she has started this beautiful uh, festival in pune for the upcoming uh, choreographers mm-hmm. uh, which is named uh, madam menaka choreography movement okay and uh, in that she uh, every year this festival is happening i think uh, this might be the third year of the festival so uh, the basic idea is that you are not going to deal in traditional themes or okay. mythological themes mm-hmm. but you have to pick any proverb from okay. it might be from any language sanskrit french anything english so yeah. pick one proverb and build uh, your choreography around it so she had given 20 minutes of time for it you have to uh, it is your choice whether you want to use a group uh, or you want to do it in duet whatever 
then you also make the music of that choreography complete new music complete new approach uh, to the costume as well you know uh, or the set design if you want so uh, she had uh, given this opportunity for dancers like me and uh, i had applied for that festival uh, first year i saw the festival and i was i was really motivated and i was uh, yeah. uh, very much willing to apply for it so then i applied for it and fortunately i got selected so because every year she selects only five dancers okay congratulations from different styles not only kathak yeah so i got selected and uh, then uh, there was like two three months i was searching for a proverb mm. which uh, i could relate to so you had like and a full book of proverbs kind of going on then I was going to come there. One of my students, uh, she has a book, uh, a notebook where she writes uh, all the proverbs which okay. she comes across. So uh, Aditi suddenly came one day and uh, huh. told me that I have this notebook. If you want to just go through and if you find anything useful, uh, I said, Let, yeah, let's see. And sure. then I was reading through all the proverbs, and yeah. I suddenly. came over uh, across this line it is not exactly a proverb which yeah. i am uh, going to tell now it is a line from uh, the great japanese writer haruki murakami uh, his book 1984 okay, okay. so the Very line famous. was uh, even if you managed to escape from one cage aren't you in just another larger one that was the line Okay. and it was not a proverb i just emailed i just talked with shamata that tai i really want to work on this line but it is not a proverb it's just a line from a book she said that's fine it can be a quote it can be anything you can treat it as a proverb and you can work around it right. so uh, then i was like yeah i i could relate to that suddenly i it felt like yeah this is the thing i want to explore and why was then, that like what 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 was that about that proverb that you like so much Yeah, yeah. First thing is when you uh, uh, look at the word "cage" in it. Yeah, is a cage for you. You know this. This uh, 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 the line goes beyond the actual meaning. No, it has layers to it. It has a philosophical meaning as well. You okay. know, if you go beyond the, the word "cage," what is a cage? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I started thinking, what is a cage for me? you know and uh, probably it is a it can be anything like you are stuck in a certain relationship you know you are stuck uh, anywhere you feel like stuck in all the relations or maybe this cage can be a cage of your thoughts you know of your insecurities of your fears anxiety right so that can be a cage where you are you feel like trapped you know mm. so how to go beyond that and this is the reality if you see we come in this world for uh, to undergo suffering you know mm. so we are born to undergo suffering this thing is never going to stop and that is why uh, we have to travel uh, like after a certain stage you have to learn about philosophy and adhyatma and go towards the ultimate truth you know of li- or where you need to get liberated or mukti you know so this was the line which inspired me because at that stage of in my life i was also feeling the same way hmm. and uh, i was facing lot of uh, personal problems you know in my personal life and yeah. uh, somehow that line clicked and i fe- hmm. i started uh, actually reading and doing research on it so uh, i also read bhagavad gita couple of times 
and uh, all the material which which i could find you know around this subject and then i started thinking uh, uh, to i started writing the synopsis first you know mm-hmm. because i had to send it uh, to shamatai that this is what i am thinking and right. i want to explore this so in that synopsis then i felt that let's start say uh, when we are just born you know mm-hmm. what happens when we are born we are so pure you know we don't have any attachments you know the babies but slowly slowly what happens first you get connected with your mother then father and then you know the circle of relation starts increasing you know now let's look at it as one cage okay the cage is small initially slowly slowly the circumference starts increasing and you so more people in life and uh, you get connected with more and more uh, outside people and suddenly you feel that some there is a stage in our life where we start feeling oh i feel like you know i'm just trapped here it might be the restrictions put on you by your mother and father anything and then you start seeing the other side oh i th- i think that is the place i want to reach mm-hmm. because that seems more free it it, it, yep. it is me uh, freedom yep. then you go and travel there and then you so after going there you find that there is a certain new cages there you know it comes with its own uh, uh, say you are bound in a different way there okay. yeah so that keeps uh, happening in your life and there's no escape from this outer world you will always oh. feel trapped yeah great okay oh there is only a little bit like certain time you feel oh this is freedom this is where i feel myself and liberated but then again certain issues will pop up with somebody and you will start feeling oh no this is not the place so this okay. i wanted to divide the choreography in two parts first was uh, the outer world we are okay. dealing with and uh, the the uh, the burden of responsibilities the burden of expectations whatever you feel as a cage you know mm-hmm. that i needed to show that this is the outer world and then what happens suddenly like i started doing it at that stage of uh, uh, stage in my life i started running away from people you know i don't want to meet anybody <laughs> I see. I don't want to go here. I don't want to go there. You start escaping the outer world. Mm. But when you escape and suddenly come, uh, you know, sit alone, say yeah. in a room, you know. So there was that was a point when I wanted all the dancers to exit because she's very angry and she, uh, you know, uh, there was like a group of ten girls I had uh, uh, used in my choreography mm. who were showing the outer world and the outer cages for me. and every cage had a different meaning to it different story to it but it was not direct so this is very important when you do a choreography it should be abstract it should be um suggestive that suggestivity has to be there there the story behind it the narrative should be in your mind okay but when somebody a uh, uh, a person third person sees the choreography he or she should be able to interpret it in their way okay i can't tell the story directly yeah so indirectly i had choreographed every, everything and every cage had its own story for me and uh, suddenly i start escaping from everybody i just shut the doors to the outer world mm-hmm. and suddenly i'm there on the stage where i wanted almost blackout you know and i'm there uh, standing and i feel now i'll i'll be peaceful because i have shut doors to the outer world nice. but Uh, suddenly i don't feel i feel lost there mm. 
I don't feel at peace. But suddenly I wanted to like use here a light, a suggestive light. So I had asked the light designer to give a white spot in mm. uh, uh, one corner. Okay. So uh, a su- suddenly in that darkness, one light appears and she feels, yeah, this is happiness. This is where I want to be. But if I reach there, I'll be peaceful. And uh, me as a protagonist, I start running towards the light. And suddenly out of nowhere, I had asked the girls to rush in and form a maze around me. So suddenly she's trapped in a maze and she's not able to reach that light. And she's like, what is this coming up, coming here suddenly, blocking me? And then she, uh, I, I had actually built a maze with my students on the stage. And I was traveling through that maze to find that part to reach the light. So okay. She finally finds an opening to go to the light. Once she goes to the light, the light disappears. There's nothing there. Yeah, so this happens two, three times. And then she turns to that maze and looks looks at it. What is this? This is not my outer world. And what is this? This is my inner world. Inner world is like a maze. It's so complex. These are her thoughts, her insecurities, her fears. Mm -hmm. Everything is like in front of her. This is my mind. You know, and then she starts exploring her inner world, how it is pushing her here and there and into depression and into longing and whatever, you know. So that was the part where I uh, turned inside, you know, to show the inner world, which is very, very complex. Hmm. Now, when you understand that the problem is not outside, the problem is inside you, you know, then you start working on it. You First thing what happens is you start getting angry. And kind of pissed off. What is happening? You know, I'm trying to do something and something in my mind is blocking me, you know, Mm -hmm. pulling me back. So there the stage came when I felt that I need to break this maze. Okay. Now, with force, you cannot change anything. That is reality. You cannot force anything uh, uh, and break anything with anger. So that was a part where I was really angry and breaking the maze. And more I was breaking it, the more complex it was getting. And more restricted it was getting. So the maze, which was wide enough, I asked the dancers to slowly, you know, form the maze, form the maze and just tighten it around me, you know, around my neck. And I started feeling more trapped. What is this that is happening to me? You know, the more I'm breaking it, it's getting more complex. That is how our mind is. Our emotions are, you know. And then she sings. And then I wanted that realization part, that this cage of our mind of the outer world and the inner world is never going to stop it is always going to be there then what best we can do is can we create a a cage of our own of of our own choice can i do Mm -hmm. that and again we feel free in it okay you know so then she starts meditating that realization dawns on her i've Mm -hmm. been searching happiness outside but I'm not going to get that happiness until I sort out my emotions, my thoughts. Mm-hmm. So then she starts meditating and suddenly the mazes start dissolving. Okay. So I had shown that through the dancers and uh, what happens is slowly, slowly she breaks the maze, not with outer force, but mm-hmm. inner, inner okay. energy. Yeah. And she aligns her thoughts in a certain manner, yeah. you know. So there I had aligned all the dancers that go walk in a line. I want you to be there. 
and not disturb me and not uh, you know outrage me i want you the certain thoughts maybe she'll eliminate certain thoughts she wants but she'll align them align yeah. her emotions get control of her mind basically and then she forms a cage in which she starts feeling free yeah you are in in a frame but you are exploring beyond that that mm. was the concept where yes. i wanted the first thing to show harmony in her mind i wanted a tanpura coming in okay so there was only tanpura playing on the stage where i was dealing with my mind with my emotions with my thoughts i was aligning them in a particular way and mm. then i formed a cage for that cage i uh, just introduced one lehra nagma that's it so it is like kathak no we have one frame of lehra or nagma and we explore freedom in it you have you have you have been giving given the frame of one tal but you go deeper you explore beyond it right uh, so similarly i had a lehra coming in where uh, all the girls they form a nice cage which i wanted them to be and they start stabilizing the lay tathe dhetat just tathe dhetat where everybody is calm and i start exploring laikari in it mm. freely you know which for me is freedom you know so uh, after that like i explore 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 but again i wanted to end it like how to end it i was thinking on that yeah and uh, i came to a conclusion that probably it is it is very difficult to maintain this stage mm. you know you in no time you feel that this is also an illusion okay you know and so in the end what i did was again she starts again she starts feeling confused again she all the thoughts and everything which she was pushing away start coming to her probably you know that is a possibility it happens and suddenly all the girls leave their uh, places come and form a cage of a maze around oh, wow. her okay and she misses the sum oh so i i just didn't want the sum in the end because when okay. whenever there is a doubt in your mind you okay. know whenever forming also a certain toda if you are doubtful and if you are not very confident about it you don't reach the sum with that happiness okay right so the lehra stopped just before the sum and in a in a confused state that's it wow okay so that was something i enjoyed doing and the process was so uh, difficult for me because mm. it was a complete um, abstract and complete different issue mm -hmm. uh, which i hadn't dealt with before and from the scratch i had to do like the music and visual so every day morning at 5 i used to get up and sit and think over it for 2 hours you know and i used to you just, just think for 2 hours yeah oh wow think read study mm -hmm. about topic and then immediately when i used to go to the class i used to ask the girls oh oh come there's some visual coming in my mind just stand in this manner do this movement do this and i used to check whether the the perfect emotion or whatever i want uh, to express is it yeah. coming out through that formation or whatever the movement i'm giving them so uh, it was a long process 6 months uh, it took uh, to actually materialize everything and music also i think uh, parallelly we developed 
so uh, uh, one of my good friend guruji student umesh barbhuan he helped me with the uh, rhythm and music part and i wanted a complete different approach of music i didn't want any vocals in it mm. first of all because uh, i didn't uh, uh, want uh, any male or female singing in it so oh. first thing i wanted uh, instrumental music mm. completely that to such sounds which are completely uh, different and alien sounds mm. showing the pages uh, and i used polygrooving technique in it so what is polygroove at a time multiple grooves are multiple rhythmic patterns are happening to show okay. my multiple pages you know where i got trapped in the end so okay. that was a technique we developed and uh, it was really fun uh, doing the music every time we used to uh, play certain instrument and i i used to be like no this sound is not going with my mm. idea let's let's check some other sound so okay. i i knew what exactly i don't want yeah. but i could tell him at the same time that i want this so we were exploring uh, in this manner so and one more thing i think i also thought about costumes yeah and the costumes were different i didn't want it uh, gender specific so i was i didn't use a dupatta but it was a simple angarkha understood uh, and the colors for the girls uh, i chose were the shades of gray mm. yeah because the outer world is not black not like neither white nor black but it is gray so i felt there that there should be shades of gray you know so i chose five six shades of gray and the combination of gray they were wearing okay. and for me as a protagonist i chose uh, orange but not like rust orange little bit of rust orange and yellow so hmm. that is a color uh, of uh, say realization positivity you know uh, all that journey which i wanted to show because mind is like say suppose it is like a flame you know yeah There's a lot of going on around. There's wind, breeze. You know, it will keep on wavering. You know, mm-hmm. but if you can steady that flame, you know, which is so uh, chanchal, we we call. You know, so then if you can steady that flame, then your mind is in in your control, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So that was the main theme of it. So I was wearing uh, orange and yellow. And one more thing, we had also used face paint. in this choreography so um hmm. all my dancers we were just exploring what we can draw on the face uh, to suggest so uh, we came up with the idea that uh, we'll draw a maze on hmm. the half of the forehead of the dancers okay. with black yeah so five dancers had it on the right temple five remaining five had it on the left temple so it is always a confusion between the right and left brain you know logic and uh, uh, so because one brain is responsible for calculative thinking logic and other one is with emotions you know so the creative part of the brain and the logic part of the brain and everything is messed up between these two so i wanted that suggestive painting on the face okay. so students were also doing that yeah uh so i think i performed this three or four times and i really want to do it again and again one more thing is uh, which mm-hmm. i noticed uh, uh was this kind of choreography always keeps evolving and it is very important that it uh, it should evolve it shouldn't mm-hmm. be stagnant once done is done no okay 
Every time I used to do it, no, I want this diff- in a different way now. Okay, so you're innovating on the innovation itself, kind of. Yeah, yeah, that is very, very important because huh? in uh, Adam Menaka choreography movement, the best yeah. part is Shamatai calls ten uh, di- uh, people, ten critiques from different, different fields. And uh-huh. after presenting the choreography, uh, there used to be a question-answer session, a feedback uh-huh. session. And uh, uh, there were uh, gurus from other dance styles, Bharatnatyam mm-hmm. and also Kathak gurus. Plus, uh, there was a light designer, a music uh, a guy, then also from theatre, somebody from theatre. So, everybody okay. on the panel and they were uh, later discussing about the choreography so that gives a lot of inputs and uh, i took their suggestions as well and a uh, few of them liked it also uh, mm. liked my uh, experiment but they also gave me very valuable suggestions so i really wanted to apply uh, those suggestions mm. uh, in my future presentations so i keep mm-hmm. innovating it so this is one example i was talking about uh, innovation where i was going through a certain mental state and i wanted to do that through dance experience mm. that through my medium you know yeah. and express myself uh, through my medium so this is something that should happen i think understood um that's a brilliant breakdown amrita we're starting from the proverb going to the concept innovations in music like costume face paint and the evolution of it yeah that was a lovely breakdown of the whole thing and thanks for taking us through that journey and just breaking down each thing into like just simpler ways to understand now i guess samrita coming to my final question um you talked about doing work within yourself and you know most problems might just be stuff you can control and that part and kind of circling it back to what you said about you like when you do riyas you should be passionate about it it should come from within so I wanted to ask you if someone say a student or a professional is not mm-hmm. feeling it like they don't feel like doing riyas or they don't feel like uh, they, it's not really coming together so, so in your experience i wanted to ask you as a question like what are the kind of work they should do within to diagnose and figure out what that issue is and what are the things they should take yeah yeah a uh, very good question actually um i think uh, firstly everything like boils down to who your guru is mm-hmm. first thing is you really need to be aware whether you are actually learning from a, 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 an ideal guru or uh, i would say a guru who will give you that vision or mm. that motivation right so it is very important to uh, check that and i think this generation is very very aware of that uh, uh, they are already you have everything online you can watch uh, uh, different gurus different gharanas everything is available online so i think you can kind of figure out whether uh, are, are we in good hands or not hmm. uh, i think this is a bitter truth i know you you're not supposed to uh, leave your guru or betray your guru and go to other guru it's not good but if uh anything is not happening uh in a certain there are uh, sorry to say but there are so many classes uh who are just there like the teacher just comes teaches the syllabus that's it you know they are they, they, they i think few people only want to earn out of the classes they are not motivated uh, uh they self like the self motivation is not there in the guru itself like you cannot mm. call 
the guru also like the teacher itself is not motivated you know to do anything new or uh, to do uh, to to do riyas then how will she give that motivation to her students mm. okay. so firstly your teacher needs to be needs to be really uh, uh, say uh, a very good uh, teacher first then a very good performer uh, a very good uh, uh, say uh, someone who is trying to experiment contribute someone who herself is learning still learning because it is very important that you keep learning all your life yeah right uh, so then if that is there then you are in very good hands you get and there, there are also examples where a certain uh, dancer is is a very good performer but a very bad teacher that can happen you know mm. so uh, you just need to be aware whether you're getting that motivation from your guru i think that is the first step once you are in good hands i think uh, you will get all that motivation you need for riyas secondly you also need to monitor your mental health uh, are you going through a certain problem that is uh, you know bothering you and that's why you're not able to focus or concentrate sort mm-hmm. that out that can happen like uh, there have been cases like one or two of my students were in severe depression and they didn't oh, wow. know about yeah mm-hmm. it was because of certain personal issues that can happen mm-hmm. and they, they were not even for me also i was in a, in a in that stage for a certain point of time in my life and i couldn't focus on my riyas i was like no this is something wrong you know i need to go for counseling because uh, that has never happened with me that i don't feel like dancing you know that is a big alarm you know that if if you're feeling that way then something is very very wrong so check your mental health because uh, lifestyle has changed it's a fast life and demanding everything has become becoming demanding so it is possible that uh, your mental health is not okay your physical health is not okay that can also happen i always focus on are you eating properly are you sleeping on time are you exercising you know because that is going to keep you motivated to do more riyas and uh, uh, that is like only by seeing the face of the student i can tell her that you are not eating properly or you hmm. haven't slept well yeah okay that's very good that is okay i was talking with one of my students like what is the matter you are eating outside <laughs> a lot <laughs> she yeah. was like oh why how did you like notice that and how how do you know everything before like so i was like no, it is very important that uh, you it is a dedication it is complete uh, it's like vrat no uh, a sadhana riyas is like sadhana you need mm. to uh, uh, have a certain discipline in your life to mm. attain certain things so you have to uh, uh, exercise you have to uh, focus on your diet and everything and uh, then i think uh, uh, one more thing you need to go through and uh, think is is this really your passion mm-hmm. you know and uh, are you feeling um, uh, can you make whatever the teacher is teaching i uh, i always tell my students even if i teach it teach a certain composition to you yeah make that composition your own you know if don't dance because i i am teaching it to you or this is a composition from this this teacher and uh, it is my responsibility to dance it well that is fine that we do but can you make that composition my own you know when it comes out within you like this is mine you know and you work yeah. on it with that dedication 
then it will come out in a different manner flavor you know all together so make it your own you know don't look at it as a third person oh this is something which is not i'm not comfortable with no be comfortable in it make it your own try love that uh, whatever you are learning you know uh, you have to have that devotion for that art it it is very very important so just check whether you really are interested or really you are feeling that then only i think uh, sometimes it happens that uh, few people don't enjoy uh, after trying out for a certain period of time also mm -hmm. they feel that i enjoy learning german more maybe mm. you know or language than dance then that that becomes her passion i'll yeah. i'll tell her no then don't do dance that's fine okay. if you it shouldn't be half baked no mm. <laughs> half heartedly you cannot do anything half heartedly it has to be 100% mhm <laughs> understand yeah. yeah i guess make it your own would be a very key takeaway from this whole conversation yeah. as a whole whether that comes to like making like for example say if you choreograph choreograph anything say sure. uh, i choreograph a hori suppose huh? yeah. the love that you have for your own composition you know the baby you have created mhm is so much i was like so happy oh i have done this for the first time and this is my composition you know mm. with the love and dedication and devotion you create something but if you can apply the same thing for the knowledge you're getting from your guru you know yeah. then it is like uh, it will really flourish and it will really you know shine from inside of you you know your will power your uh, heart put your heart into it you know is very very important then only it will become alive you know with yeah. throbbing with energy and not like mechanical or stale you know hmm. <laughs> i must say you have quite the way with words amrita the way you put things is pretty beautiful um Thanks. yeah but uh, we can can we talk about riyaz retreat a little bit sure so mm, yeah i guess um Is, uh, just wanted to, wanted to make sure I frame a question for that as well. So yes, so one thing, is, one yeah, the concept of retreats in general, I guess, is common in the in America. In America, retreats are common for different like hobbies and things like that. A meditation retreat say is a very common one where you kind of just leave everything, go to the space, and do the thing, and. Yes. When it comes to say retreats and that and different and different interests have their own retreats that way, and in terms of say like a Kathak retreat, of course I've talked to Thai about what how she does it, and from mm -hmm. what I understand, you've been doing a Riyadh retreat in India as well. Wanted to know how that went, how did you set that up? So yeah, um, so as you said, Riyadh retreat is common in the US, and a lot of uh, like uh, many gurus have been uh, doing it for a longer period of time. Uh, so in India, it is not very common to have a retreat or Riyadh retreat. Right. Um, still, I would say few artists are being uh, are uh, working towards it and are doing retreats. Uh, but why I felt like doing it is like one reason is uh, even here. the lifestyle is changing and the students really don't get that, that much time which i used to get you know when i yeah. was in college i used to be like completely there with thai all the time i used to like shadow her like everywhere she used to go made be a recording made be riyas made be anything her performance i used to be just with her all the okay. time 
and uh, being with your guru for a longer period of time uh, uh, that sahavas which we call in guru shishya parampara okay yeah because uh, there are things which you learn indirectly directly mm. indirectly you learn a lot of things from your teacher and uh, why guru shishya parampara or why to spend more time with guru is because you you can learn uh, the, uh, like technique and shastra and vidya everything yeah but there are certain things which mm. cannot be explained you know which cannot be verbally explained but they can be only felt you know when your guru performs okay or when you, your guru is trying to teach you so mm. it is going beyond technique beyond the shastra beyond the knowledge what is that aesthetic Hmm. yeah what is that energy of that composition what is the feel of that composition that is something which you it cannot be explained or pass you cannot write it in textbook and ask the student to learn so that hmm. is the reason uh, you need to be with your guru to understand you will not understand right away you know there has to be a certain period in where you actually have to uh, just absorb things and in a later stage you'll realize you'll start realizing mm. oh this realization or this thing i understood because i was watching tai den or mm. what she wanted to say or convey you know i i right. can understand now okay later stages it starts uh, you start getting that realization so it is very important uh, guru shishya parampara should be there and uh, i feel that uh, nowadays here also students are running here and there and they don't get time to completely be in kathak yeah so they mm. after the class like say we have a 2 hour session riyas session or 3 hour riyas session no now i start teaching them one topic okay i teach them and uh, the moment they start getting it right they have to leave <laughs> oh. so you know there is no time to do it again for 108 avartans and to actually grind it more and more and mm-hmm. you know so the moment they start understanding a certain concept this like the class ends oh. so uh, then the button of kathak is off and then the button of they switch on the college button go ah. to the classes everything so this started happening here yeah. as well it was surprising that a 7 year old students also my 7 year olds also say that we don't have time it's it's so sad like i just ask them to come sometimes can you come like one day more yeah. like no that i have these classes no i i don't have time so it's hmm. it's very sad but the students the, the girls are so busy yeah. and so many activities so that is the reason i decided that let's uh, uh, do this retreat following chavidai's mm-hmm. footsteps of course so uh, i uh, my mother and father they have this beautiful farmhouse near okay. khadakta backwaters so mm-hmm. it's a very beautiful place uh, amidst nature so i i thought that let's do this retreat with my senior students first and uh, they loved that idea uh, so that i just didn't want any distractions for them so we went and did the retreat for 3 days uh, so two na- two days and uh, three nights stay with it so uh, uh, their first time they realized that full time we are in kathak the whole day you know there are no other distractions there is no phone ringing or i don't have a certain other class 
you know yeah. which i have to think about so completely being it in that so did you and, make any rules that they can't like talk to anyone or they can't use their phones the whole day or something what did you set up as yeah, boundaries yeah actually uh, the best part is there's no network there <laughs> <laughs> so even if they carry their phones there, there was only one canteen where they used to get network okay. so at night i used to give them 5 minutes go there talk with your parents or whatever and come back and nice. the best part is they didn't feel like touching the phone you know hmm. phone was lying somewhere there and they also used to forget oh nahi karna abhi ghar pe phone that's fine <laughs> so that was the best part and early morning like i i used to make them sleep at 10 10 the lights are off you have to sleep compulsory <laughs> and wake up at 5 then we used to go for a long walk one hour walk uh, then hmm. uh, one hour fitness session like proper surya namaskar everything like workout session also and mm-hmm. then there it was followed by a vigorous footwork riyas okay so from 8 to 9:30 1 and a half hour only footwork riyas then 9:30 we used to break for breakfast uh, after the breakfast break 10 to 1:30 will be only again dancing tal Right. one composition only two composition focusing on only two three compositions and doing it for three and a half hours mm. then lunch and after lunch we had a theory session where we used yeah. to discuss about kathak theory and concepts and everything so that used yeah. to be for two hours and then uh, in the evening abhinay session so in the open you know when the sunset is happening you can imagine mm. the nature is around yeah. so uh, from 5 to 7:38 abhinay session Okay. And then uh, cooling down session, stretching mm-hmm. stretch session, say for half an hour, and then okay. dinner break, and strictly going to bed. You know, mm. so that was something uh, they really enjoyed. Like okay. I enjoyed, and I got a chance to work on them in a different way, other than syllabus. You know, you're you're you are always sticking to syllabus. have to complete their kathak exam syllabus right okay. so i taught them such things which were not a part of the syllabus and how did you pick what you wanted to teach in this retreat like how did sorry how did you pick what you what compositions you wanted to to teach in yeah, this retreat so uh, basically um, uh, it was tintal only and in this retreat it was chaptal okay. but uh, i wanted them to learn few of uh, uh, few of the compositions which i have learned from guruji okay. you know from guruji or from tai and the mm-hmm. way of developing a tatkar you know mm. how to develop a tatkar how to improvise in a tatkar okay. there are certain ways which are not there in the usual syllabus or something in abhinay which is not there in the syllabus like mm. say i taught them yashoda mata's viraha this time so her longing for krishna you know so certain themes which are not there in the syllabus you know so we explored that even uh, tal patterns and laikari patterns and uh, uh, also uh, uh, i think uh, uh, we also worked on uh, footwork patterns uh, which are different from the normal ladi and kaidas mm. you know just groovy patterns where i wanted them to really bring that groove with them you know okay. maybe the jati or chatushra jati so we were working only in one jati for one and a half hour you know how to explore it and i was showing them ways the way my both gurus have shown me that this is a phrase mm-hmm. and there are three four different ways you can explore it 
go this way again come back to the main sutra again go to the second way come back so i wanted to teach them all these uh, things and the aesthetics behind it so yeah we had a very very great time and so i decided and after that there was covid so i couldn't do any retreats and then um, the this year i did uh, the second retreat and then uh, there were after i did the first retreat and posted few of pictures and videos there were a lot of messages and dms coming that tai even we want to come yeah i can you imagine know? Yeah. So this time I had opened it for other students as well. Okay. And yeah, there was a good response, and uh, we really had a great time. Hmm. I'm sure you'll have a bigger response now that you've opened it to others, and you do it for your next year yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Planning again, most probably in Jan or Feb again. <laughs> okay. Understood. Understood. So I guess yeah, Amrita, we talked about your we talked about your Riyadh retreat. We went into depth into the choreography concept you discussed. done for the madamenica movement we talked about what riyash should be and how you should do it and what you should do when you're not feeling it um and so just to end off things is there anything else that you want to discuss that we haven't covered yet um i don't think so yeah about riyash only i think one more point when you said that uh, like when you don't feel like doing it what to uh-huh. do Uh, one simple thing is just tie your gurus stand put the lehra and start doing it <laughs> that okay. is the only thing you do okay. when you once you start no you'll get that energy you'll get okay. that motivation so make sure that you actually go there go to an ideal space and go to the motions yeah gurus, put that lehra on and stand acha utna to kar lo yeah and also yeah. one more thing i follow uh, regarding riyas whenever i take riyas of my students yeah uh, not a single day it is it goes in the same manner you know every day something new we explore hmm. every day like That's in a good. different it it might be only tati tata tor takita takita but in different ways i'll ex- ask them to explore so that is also very important that you need to keep uh, improvising in your riyas structure as well okay. to keep that freshness to keep motivating yourself to uh, uh, actually progress you know mm. so it cannot be the same riyas daily there yeah. are few things we do daily like kramalay or everything like you start with a certain thing mm. and then i just uh, start exploring whatever comes to my mind that day i'll start doing it and mm. then we improvise it further you know So yeah, that is also one thing. Uh, I think we can do. Hmm. Yeah, I think one thing that's very clear from for me is that you know you're very connected to your art. You're very connected to your students, and that really shows in the way you speak about it as well. Uh, like you light up whenever something comes up that you're really passionate about. That's always wonderful to see. Yeah. So thanks for coming on, Amrita. This was really fun. Thank you so much. I uh, actually enjoyed a lot, and uh, again, thanks to Tai uh, for giving me this opportunity. Thank you uh, for giving this opportunity. Truly, I'm I'm really happy. Mm-hmm. I could share few things. <laughs>